This is Sports Matters, and we have the pleasure of being joined by the director of eSports here at UCI, Mark Deppi. Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to chat with you and your listeners. Well, first of all, eSports. When did UCI found eSports? Our program has been around since the fall of 2016. Been about a year and a half exploring the opportunity checking for, I guess, campus's willingness to pursue something so forward-thinking and new. Our club teams and, and students have been leading in the esports space for many years. And so uh, with their success, the great research and the game design program we have here, and the exploding world of esports, um, we saw an opportunity and, and started a program a few years ago. My first question, and is probably the one that you get the most, for those people who say esports isn't an actual sport, what do you have to say to them? Esports is still emerging, and I think the people that have bought in are those early adopters. And uh, I actually don't care about the debate, to be honest. <laughs> if you don't want to believe esports is a sport, I don't care. I don't care what you think, to be honest. So um, what is important is that it's relevant. People are watching it. Young people are playing video games at an insane rate. I think it's about 90 97% of young people play video games, and that is way more than people play sports and it is more engaging than any other form of entertainment you choose your own identity you choose your name your character who you want to be and um, video games are just a deeper way to experience entertainment so I really think esports are the future of, of competition and so it doesn't matter what what the naysayers say because they're they're just not gonna be uh, up to speed it's kind of like if you, th- you take it to look at it as chess it definitely challenges the mind but then you're also active mm-hmm. you know with some of the games that you play like League of Legends you won the national championship for that in 2018 congrats by the way <laughs> thank you yeah it is a very cerebral game it takes a lot of communication and thought planning thousands of hours of prep work um, but the mechanical and physical ability you're not using giant muscles you're not using your biggest muscle groups you're using very fine muscle groups uh, so it's not about how fast you can run or how much weight you can lift it's can you be pixel perfect when you're moving your mouse and and how can you be frame perfect when you're clicking your keyboard so that's what I kind of find pretty cool is it's not just you know one variety of people that play esports I just noticed that you started a camp for girls now mm-hmm. and uh, kind of when I picture esports I don't picture you know women can you kind of talk about that and how you were able to bridge the gender gap you know uh, we are definitely trying to push the needle when it comes to making sure everyone's represented in esports uh, last I heard actually this morning a faculty member said 99% of young men play video games and 94% of young women play video games so it's about 97 of percent of all total people but when you look at esports it tends to be a very male dominated space and so the things that we're seeing are that uh, girls are encouraged at a different rate than boys to pursue video games or to be allowed to participate at a young age when you need to build that requisite skill set and interest um, and then also just the the online space can be very toxic and hostile to people who don't look like what people perceive as a stereotypical gamer And so uh, if you're in a voice chat and you have a female sending voice, um, you may be harassed. If people know you're a girl, they'll treat you differently. And so the space kind of pushes out some of those people. So uh, we do have a girls in gaming camp to build a great network of people who are interested in supporting young women, um, creating role models and inspiring them and showing them there, there are a lot of great women in the space already contributing, but also create a network and just encourage young people. The industry needs them, needs their voice, needs their participation. Now, I'm sure there are league rules you know, for s- stuff like that, like harassment or taunting. I'm sure that's not tolerated during collegiate competition. Is that so? Yeah. Uh, 
the game companies are starting to get better at, at watching for that. It's much easier to catch people talking trash in video games if you're doing it over text than it is in voice communication for traditional sports. But yeah, I, they, there are codes of conduct. You're not allowed to, obviously harassment is not tolerated and people do get kicked out. If you're banned from the game or suspended from the game for toxic behavior, you're not allowed to compete collegiately. The teams are good, I think, at getting the top players to behave, but still the broad community still needs to level up quite a bit. So I have my grandma's listening. And I'm sure that they have no idea what League of Legends is. Do you mind giving them, you know, a brief summary of what it is? Yeah, o- overall, League of Legends in the esports space is, is probably the biggest esport in the world. Um, it's played monthly by over 1% of the human population. Wait, 1% of the human population? <laughs> Plays the game every month, yeah. Wow. It's uh, over 100 million uh, monthly players is the last number I heard a couple years ago. And the game is, is has really maintained its popularity. But essentially, it's a 5 versus 5 game. It's a MOBA. It's a multiplayer online battle arena essentially you and your teammates are trying to work your way across a map uh just defeating neutral objectives monsters and the enemies to eventually destroy their base before they destroy yours each person picks a hero or champion that they get to play that has certain strengths and weaknesses whether it be a frontline bruiser or damage soaker to a mage or a long-range marksman that deals damage uh there's over 140 characters in the game so very complicated. Each of them has three abilities, a passive trait, as well as an ultimate. And so um, there's a million things to track. It's an insanely complex game. Games usually go uh, 20 to 45 minutes, and it's kind of crazy. Every game's very different. Wow, that's fascinating. I mean, you think about, like, I come from, like, you know, board games of strategic risk and all that fun stuff growing up, you know, playing the old school video games and just how it's evolved and to what it's become. But another area that really intrigues me, too, and not so much about the gamesmanship, but I also noticed that uh, the neuroscience study, they mm-hmm. actually did a study here, and I think it, it, it was actually the game was the Minecraft game demonstrating that it can improve memory. Could you elaborate on that? Yeah, so our program does five things. We compete, uh, we participate in research, we engage communities, we create entertainment and launch careers. So those are the five things we do. And when we engage with faculty, uh, there's lots of great folks that, that study games broadly across campus from informatics and computer science to neurobiology, as you mentioned, humanities, social sciences, business, law. Um, there are faculty across the, the gamut, all studying video games and esports. The great folks in, in neurobiology, uh, they're memory researchers and uh, they are specifically interested in enriched environments. And so if you walk the same route from your home to your car and from your car to work, you're not really enriching your environment. You're very used to it, you're accustomed to it, and your, your memory doesn't need to be stimulated. You're, you're not learning anything new. But when you're in an enriched environment, you're in a new space, there's new stimulants, like video games, 3D immersive games, like Minecraft, you have to be able to orient yourself with the geography of the game, understand what's in front of you, to the left of you, the right, up, down, behind you. Um, and so 3D immersive games like, like Minecraft, like League of Legends, like Overwatch, some of the games that we play, those are enriched environments. And so we do see cognitive benefits, increases in memory. And so that's what we see in young people. And the really interesting stuff is going to be happening with older populations. And, and can games be used as like a therapy to prevent cognitive degradation or some of the kind of the mental problems that, that happen later in life? No, I, I love the direction of that. I, that's, that's one thing I love about being at this university, even as a volunteer, is that it's such a forward-thinking university. And you talk about this neuroscience study, I mean, just how how far they're going to go with that. Even I have a good friend that's a pilot and, you know, going through the simulation, same thing. They put you in that 3D environment and they really work on, you know, just pilot behavior and how to land the plane, you know, get things thrown at you. And you, know, you really face a lot of challenges. So getting back to the actual competition, what like training techniques do you go through 
through to to train for that? So for for League and Overwatch, we hire a great coaching staff. Um, we have a lot of support staff around our teams. Um, so both teams will have a head coach and assistant coach. They are looking at professional teams, looking at other collegiate teams, finding out what's what, what we call meta. And meta is like the current game state and on what's strong, what's weak, um, what, are, what is the most optimal strategy to play. And so understanding the space, they create team strategies for us that are based on our team strengths and that counter our opponents. So we'll scout our opponents. We'll know who we're playing, what they, what heroes or champions they play, uh, what their strengths are. And our, our strategy will be to both implement our game plan, but also to kind of counter, counter the game plan for the opponents. And so most most of our practices are what we call scrim blocks so we'll find a team about our skill level we really have to find either top collegiate teams or semi-professional teams or even pro teams to wow. scrimmage against we'll just play scrims online um, we'll have a little game plan going into it we'll re- recap each game after we play it we may do a VOD review a video on demand we'll review the footage of the game to kind of talk about what went well what went right uh, what went wrong talk about listen to the communication and hear what players said what they probably could have said better how they could have coordinated better and that's kind of the, the main way we get better but on top of that real quick i'll add that we do also add a game stuff so we have a team psychologist we meet with weekly talk about team conflict team dynamics um, those tend to be our biggest issues actually are just getting people motivated and wanting to play with each other and trusting each other and we also have uh, an exercise physiologist to help with our our core muscles and just stamina and helping our players be healthy humans so those are all the kind of things that that we do on a weekly basis I love that. No, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. That, amazing. Yeah, that is pretty amazing. The psychology and, and, and the sociologists. I mean, this is just high tech. I'm so glad we're diving into this. I know. It's almost like as if you're competing, you know, in an actual like basketball or physical. It's, it's got the, all the elements of it. My question is a little bit geared towards Fortnite. I know mm-hmm. they had the first World Cup and the winner got $3 million. I believe he was 18 years old. What would you do with $3 million if you were 18? Well, if I had $3 million right now, I'd pay off some student loans, but uh, (laughs) he he probably won't have those. I have no idea what I would do if I was 18 with $3 million. Hopefully invest it, maybe pay off your parents' mortgage and and go to college. Um, Kudos kudos to that that young man that won, and hopefully he does something smart with that money. Yeah, I know he just got got FBI swatted. I think that's the term, swatting. Jeez. I I don't even know what that is, but... Apparently the SWAT team showed up at his house, and yeah, you, I guess you're getting a lot of notoriety nowadays. Yeah, swatting is one of the one of the bad things that happens in games when people are streaming. So you'll be broadcasting, people will see your your house behind you or your setup behind you, and someone will call the cops. They'll find out what your address is and say something bad is happening, and cops will bust in and the goal of these swatters is to see police kind of come in, guns blazing, and kind of uh, yeah, have to essentially take down the, the streamer and people have been killed that way it's a pretty awful thing it, it's it's not as common as you might believe it is based on the media but uh even even a few instances a year is just absolutely ridiculous yeah. you're right just even one incident is, is too many you know because the fact that it could cause just an accident and it's using police resources mm-hmm. that just does not need to be used for something silly like that so it just adds another element to their job yeah and when guns yeah. are out and police are in a high tense situation we've seen a million times when when cops are killing innocent people and and it has happened where people have died during swatting things and people have been arrested and gone to jail because they were the perpetrators of it recently. And that's good to hear. They get what they deserved. Mm-hmm. Everything that's thrown at them. Yeah. UCI. So you've been here for 10 years, you say. Mm-hmm. So did you go to school here as well? or I did not. Like, what's your, what's uh, your I w- history? I went to UCLA. Um, oh, nice. So you're I still grad- local. I am local. Yeah. Uh, I, I did events there for five years, my first part of my career, and uh, was recruited to come and do events for ASUCI. So uh, 
I was doing events and traditions for student government, student media for another five years, doing Shocktoberfests and homecomings and Ways Gooses and Celebrate UCIs and all those kinds of events. Worked on my MBA to kind of think about next steps in my career and uh, I did a, a crappy paper on Blizzard Entertainment and I did a strategy paper on where should this company go is in 2015. And I was like, wow, this esports thing's really taking off. I should make that my recommendation to Blizzard. Hey, Blizzard, focus on esports. And while I was doing research for that paper, I read a Facebook article that said UCI, my, my university, um, had just been selected as the number one school for gamers by College Magazine because of our phenomenal gaming clubs here. They'd been winning back-to-back-to-back national championships in League of Legends, huge events, great community here. Our faculty were we're teaching games already and the whole industry is around us. And then the number 10 program on that list was Robert Morris University. And they were the first university to start a collegiate esports program in 2014. So I thought, look, we have all this stuff going for us. These things are evolving. I am graduating with business degree. I've been on this campus for many years. Let's let's explore this idea of building a program. And so uh, obviously it worked out. We, we brought it up through student affairs and talked to student government leaders and campus leaders and faculty and People kept challenging us. We kept finding more positive data. Um, we found space. We found sponsorship dollars. And eventually, we built a cost-neutral business plan that got blessed by the university. And 15 months later, we were up and running with an arena. That's amazing. From a paper that you wrote, you literally saved a company and turned them onto this idea of esports. Robert right. Moore started in 2014, yeah. UCI in 2015. And I mean, I kind of stirred the pot. Yeah, well, the only person that read my paper was my faculty, my professor. He he gave me a B mind, a B plus. Uh, <laughs> lowest grade in the class, I think. The concept was, was yeah, it was built on, on uh, off that paper and uh, turned into a pretty cool career for me. Where do you see this program going in five years? You know, we're, we're kind of building out that future right now. Um, we will have, uh, in January, February, we're building out a new high performance and research space uh, uh, with our, folk, our friends over in Applied Innovation. So we're going to have some new office space and training facilities and new broadcast facilities in early 2020. But I think the big dream is to build some capacity for the university to both be an elite competitor, compete every year in the best collegiate competitions and the most relevant games around the world, but to pair that with the research, to pair that with figuring out how to do it the best, how to do it the right way, how to to do it in an inclusive, welcoming way that's making the world a better place. So I think it's really pairing the practice with the research and building a facility and program that that supports that. So um, I think in the next few years, we'll, we'll start down that path. And I think in 10 years, hopefully we have a phenomenal facility with practitioners and researchers working side by side. To build an esports arena, kind of go into that whole structure, like how much does it cost, what it involves, you know, what is the kind of the details of that? Yeah, so we we knew when we built the program, uh, we couldn't ask the campus for a million dollars. It'd be a very easy no for them <laughs> to say. We thought we could uh, both lean on corporate sponsorship for initial funding, but we should build a small business to be a revenue generator for us. So we came up with the idea of building a land center, which is what we resu- we ended up creating. Um, so we have a phenomenal facility in the student center with 72 PCs, 60 of which are open to the public for hourly rental for four bucks an hour. And so um, we built that business plan in and then our, our biggest sponsor, I Buy Power, um, who named the arena and provided all the gear and a bunch of cash to help us get going. They, they helped us, uh, yeah, uh, with the, the uh, renovation costs, which are probably, probably about $250,000 and the gear is probably another $200,000. So it's about a half a million dollars to build, to build an arena the way that we did it. Um, and so, but it was, it was really with them and our, our other initial partners, um, that, that helped us do it. So that's the, uh, the I buy power arena. 
that's yes yeah, so UCI esports arena powered by I by power okay yep. powered by I yeah. by power yeah. got it <laughs> there you go do you see yourself being a esports arena destination in the future like to, to host national championships to host big events do you see UCI being one of those we certainly have the opportunity. Um, we have the Brent Event Center that, that can host stuff. Um, the challenge with esports right now is that events aren't being planned years in advance. They'll be planned a month or two in advance or six <laughs> months in advance. So uh, that's not enough for a campus that's as busy as ours with yeah. so many great events happening. Um, I will say the region of Orange County and Southern California broadly uh, is going to be a massive epicenter for esports. Uh, we work closely with the Ducks and the Samueli Foundation, so the Honda Center is going to be a space. Uh, the Convention Center already hosts BlizzCon. They just announced DreamHack, uh, a huge LAN party is coming to Anaheim next year. Um, the Ducks also built some training facilities um, and, and event space in the Great Park with Five Point Community. So um, I think with all of those venues that uh, you'll you'll have great spaces from a uh, few thousand people up to 20,000 uh, seats. Um, but I think UCI could be a host. I, I think our current facilities and just uh, the timing of, of eSports right now makes it a little bit of a challenge, but uh, we do get calls regularly. Uh, we haven't pulled it off just yet, but uh, definitely expect some big stuff in the future. That's definitely a challenge, you know, but you're always up for it, mm -hmm. seems like. You know, you've come this far. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the academic uh, symposium. Mm -hmm. So you get all these collective minds together to talk about esports. Could you elaborate on that? <laughs> yeah. Um, again, when we built this idea for the program, one of the mandates from the chancellor was that we really engage with faculty and align to the academic mission of the university. Um, and so we threw a symposium uh, with just come, some invited speakers in 2016 when we launched the arena. No, 2017. Um, and so just a day-long symposium with some of the best scholars around eSports. Uh, we did that over Applied Innovation. Um, and then we, we decided to do something more ambitious, uh, and I co-chaired a, a group with a, a faculty member in informatics. Her name's Constance Steinkuler. She's a phenom, just absolute rock star in the game design, game studies world. She worked in the Obama White House for games and policy. She's a real superstar, and she and I co-chaired the UCI eSports conference. She and her graduate students kind of do this call for papers and, and lectures and proposals from uh, scholars around the world. Um, and then I kind of invite the community and practitioners, professional teams, organizations, brands, uh, other collegiate leaders. And so um, the, we, we hosted our first real conference fall of last year. We'll have our second annual conference this fall. Uh, we s expect several hundred people to be there, um, but really big names from the research and education side from in, coming from all over the world and then universities from all around the world as well. And then we host this uh, massive League of Legends Invitational and uh, our host, our, our expectation this year was just to have best, uh, sorry, uh, West Coast teams play, and we called it the Best Coast Invitational. Um, but it turns out there's a lot of interest, and so we actually have some of the best teams in the country uh, and playing with us this year. So we'll see how it goes. So we have a tournament, we have festival, we have practitioners and actual people in the field presenting on what they're seeing, as well as peer-reviewed research. Just really cool collaboration between kind of faculty and, and our program. Uh, now that I'm just learning so much, I that's the one area I really love about the study and research because there's a lot of things that you know the good will come out of that, and just it's just this is just evolving right before my eyes. I'm just glad I'm have the honor of sitting here talking with you, um, Matt. You got a question? I do. Um, so, how do you get recruited for esports? What it kind of goes into that whole process? 
So we have a uh, we we find we find awesome people several ways. One, um, most young kids these days know about our program. If you wanna if you wanna compete for a collegiate team, uh, UCI is a is a big name in the space now. So so our website has a form where you can uh, opt in to being recruited and give us your information as well as a link to some online profile which will tell us how highly you're ranked in the game. For those phenomenally ranked players, we're talking top 500 essentially or top 1,000 in North America. Uh, we'll reach out and engage and kind of check your academics, see how likely it is you're, you're able to actually uh, get admitted to UCI. Um, so that's, that's the... that's way recruits can let us know they're interested and we start a conversation and eventually uh have yeah offer a scholarship um additionally uh our our players are often playing competitively and we'll we'll learn of players or our coaches will find players that are interested in coming to uci so they will tell other people who will then connect them to us and the third way is we do tryouts every year and i'd say about two-thirds of our uh our scholarship athletes are just students who showed up on campus and walked on um, the MVP of our national championship team, actually, uh, is just a phenomenal player who showed up the year we started our program um, and uh, is a top 250 player right now in League of Legends. And so, um, yeah, there's, there's opportunities for both elite players who want to get recruited and build that relationship um, ahead of time. But anybody can just come here and show up and try out. And uh, that's that's where the majority of our athletes come from. Is the top team, uh, is that Captain, uh, is it Captain Nuke? Is that the... Captain Nuke's our top laner. Our okay. our mid laner uh, Descarton was was the MVP, and okay. actually Captain Nuke also was a walk on too. Wow! Um, so actually, three three members of our starting league team this year uh, will have been just walk ons that showed up without us knowing about them, and all of them are premier super elite players. <laughs> it's just kind of like a gift comes in. You build something good, and people want to be around. Absolutely, you. absolutely. You build it, they will come. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's cliche, but it's true. So you had a four-part documentary series mm-hmm. with ESPN. Um, what we were kind of thinking about how they filmed it. Uh, what did your thoughts on the whole process in general? Well, we started working on that program right when we launched the arena. So uh, fall of 2016 is when we started the conversation with the producer, Bonnie. Um, and it almost was greenlit our first year. Um, and it would have covered our League of Legends team, which ended in a pretty disappointing uh, first season, we dropped out. We lost two teams we shouldn't have lost to uh, in the round of 16, essentially. Um, but essentially, one of the partner, one of the key partners, pulled out last second, and so the the project got canned for the temporary time. But Bonnie pursued it for multiple years. Um, eventually, she found a funder in ESPN. Um, Riot, the publisher, was on board. UCI was already on board, and uh, I thought Bonnie did a phenomenal job, kind of telling our story. Um, she could have focused on team conflict or really try to like, uh, I don't know, uh, poke fun at gamers or or kind of feed those negative and false stereotypes around games. Mm-hmm. But I think she really got to know them. She went to their home. She met their family. She saw them playing piano and got to know their, their sisters and their quirks and their personalities. Um, and so I thought she did a phenomenal job doing that. But she also covered the program broadly from the research that we do on campus to the great females and women in our esports program and the diversity that we focus on. So um, I'm really thankful for the program. I really think it turned out to be like a two-hour advertisement for our program. And so uh, I actually haven't watched the last episode because it's about our team losing in the finals. Uh, and there's a, I know there's a lot of tears and sadness, and I haven't – got the courage to watch it yet um but the first three episodes are really beautiful and and it really highlights a great program we have 
I know, but you, you'll eventually get the uh, you know the notion to watch the last segment, and you can learn from it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know you know that, and it's just it's just tough watching it because you know, oh, we were so close, we could have had that, we could have had it, and yeah. If you watch the series, you'll know that we were uh, seconds away from winning in the semifinals, and then fell apart. Uh, we should have won three one, ended up losing. Uh, we ended up losing the last two games to lose three two. So. Um, and then the, the team that won the championship, actually in the docu-series, you see us play them and we beat them. So um, the team that won the championship, they were beatable. We, we've beaten them historically. So um, we definitely felt like uh, we let one slip away this year. But uh, that'll be a fuel for the, for the next season. Oh, yeah. So when does the next season start? That's coming up shortly, I guess, when the fall quarter starts. Yeah, so as I mentioned, we're in a preseason tournament. Our team played last night. You can watch uh, watch the replay of the match on Saturday at twitch.tv slash UCI Esports. So we'll, uh, we'll show the replay, and our, we'll have uh, Shoutcasters uh, broadcasting that. You can see our team does against University of Colorado. Um, so we're already playing preseason stuff. We'll have tryouts in October, officially pick our varsity and JV teams. Uh, the season will officially start in January, and then we'll start playing meaningful games um, because really we're we're a couple tiers above most schools. Um, but meaningful games will be later in, in winter or early spring. Okay, so that's when that's when it really starts getting mm-hmm. exciting. So mm-hmm. right now it's more or less preseason. You know, get people acclimated and get your teams formed and yeah, shaking off the rest of summer. Uh, we're hiring a new coaching staff, so getting them up to speed and letting them kind of take the team where they want to go with it. So I kind of want to get to know a little bit about Mark. Mm-hmm. Are you a gamer, and how long have you been one? You know, uh, I used to have to like kind of hide my nerdiness, but now I'm like in the kingdom of nerds, and so uh, I get to embrace it. Uh, I've played lots of games in college. I played way too much StarCraft. I, I don't <laughs> d- did not play it like esports players play it. <laughs> I played it with like four v four, and uh, there were some no rush time limits in there, so it wasn't at all like a competitive mode. Uh, but I played video games growing up. Uh, I played Dungeons and Dragons in high school and did some of that role-playing stuff. Um, the game I like most now is Magic the Gathering. It's a trading card game. They have a arena version online, which is a really phenomenal game. So uh, Magic's my, my nerd game of choice these days. I play a little bit of League. I watch all of it, though. I, I'm a huge fan, especially of League of Legends. I've really like embraced it, and I find that... Uh, I f- I feel like it's productive for me to watch the games because I think I might learn something that's helpful to our teams or help me pick better coaches or or strategize because I think the pros don't know what they're doing yet either. So um, it's kind of it's kind of I don't know. I feel like I can glean stuff by watching the game that that will help us build and, and evolve. So who gave you the most motivation and gave you kind of you know the foot in the door to create something here, and who kind of gave you inspiration into creating what we have here after? two years and all the success that has happened so who's the person behind it you know um the people i i look back and, and are most thankful for the people uh, i first talked or brought the idea to when i was just barely would whisper the idea so not confident yet in it so my wife was the first person to i i thought it was a crazy idea and she's like no that sounds interesting you should do it i was like really uh and so my wife was one of the first people to really encourage me and 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 Usually my crazy idea, she's the first one to shoot them down. So uh, this was a, a change of pace, change of course. Um, a colleague at the time, Ryan Grip, he used to run Inner Express. Uh, he also at the time was like, you know, that's actually a really interesting idea. It sounds like a unique opportunity. You should go for it. And then the third person uh, who really helped build the program um, 
was Edgar Dormitorio. He's the chief of staff uh, in the vice chancellor of student affairs office. And he was the first administrator I kind of had coffee with and, and broached the subject of, do you know how big UCI is in esports? Do you know how, you know, schools are offering scholarships. You know, we're actually good at this right now. And he was like, yeah, I'm aware of all those things. I'm like, well, we could do that. And so after a few lunches and, and coffees, he was the one that kind of started helping me strategize about how to get campus leadership buy-in. Cause that's the hard part of, you have a cool idea. Now, how do you convince the decision makers that it's that it's palatable, that's worth the reputational risk, it's worth the worth the financial risk, and so he's the one that really held our hand and guided that that baby idea into what it is now. So, how old are your kids? I have one kid, one son who's three years old. Three years old. Yeah. So, at what point are you going to let him play video games? You know, I tried to get him on uh, Mario Kart a few months ago, and he was not interested. I think I'm going to try again. I think I'd like to do that with him sooner rather than later. I think uh, I think it'd be a fun thing for him to do. He loves YouTube. He loves watching cartoons. Um, and I think I think video games would be a fun way for us to bond a little bit. Oh, absolutely. It'd be a great way to bond. And also, too, just, just the way these kids are so smart these days, just how they evolve and, you know, to become – the next generation of what we can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, my last question for you is the career opportunities that esports provides. What are the career opportunities? Yeah, so it's one of our five pillars, and actually, uh, we added it after our first year because we just saw we had this deep connection to the industry. It's so Southern California focused. We have great hardware partners, great software partners. Um, both the League of Legends and Overwatch professional scenes are one hundred percent in Southern California. So um, we've, we decided to focus on it. So we do networking uh, opportunities. We'll bring in uh, executives and leaders from great companies and have them meet with our staff and our students and UCI students broadly. We've done work uh, events with the Career Center. We uh, do resume building and strengths finder workshops with our, our players and our whole kind of internship and student staff. Uh, we have like 80 paid students with our program right now. So it's pretty pretty big pretty big group that have paid esports experience. But we're seeing, we're seeing kids get plucked out of UCI right now to go help advise big companies on what esports is uh, or what esports are and and what what their strategy around it should should be so they're working for professional teams or working for brands like HTC or Western Digital um they are doing entertainment. They're creating content. Um, so it's kind of crazy what a UCI degree and the UCI name means because um, we are seeing our we're getting calls like I need someone to come build a software tool or I need someone that knows esports law. Like uh, we're we're the we're the call that can actually supply the people that that can go out and do it. So um, it is something that we focus on, and I think it is certainly an opportunity for that and I'll just say the other thing that we do is we make sure our our players and all our gamers can articulate why their uh, gaming skills and abilities that they they develop are relevant to any job Um, so they they learn communication they learn conflict resolution they they learn to make decisions with imperfect information and make quick decisions Uh, they're very tenacious they go they can fail over and over and over and keep coming back for more and so I think all those are qualities that employers are looking for. And so we want to make sure they can tell that story. And then we want to connect people to both esports jobs, but any jobs out there. Our, our, uh, we had a, our first Overwatch player that graduated is getting his master's in pharmaceutical sciences at USC. Um, we have computer scientists who are going to go be web developers. Um, you don't have to work in the industry, but uh, you need to be able to talk about your esports experience and tell people how it translates to anything you want to do. Well, that's just experience in general. You yeah. know, you need to sell yourself. And it sounds like you good job, do a good job of setting kids up 
for the next steps in life. Um, I want to know, I have a thing where it's like you speak it into existence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there something that you want to speak into existence that you want to see at eSports UCI? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's that, that five to ten year plan of having a beautiful facility that's a conference center. It's an event space for eSports where uh, the researchers are uh, learning about exercise and mental acuity and how to p- create an elite mental cognitive performer um, in the same space that our players are practicing and learning and growing. So to be a hub for that, um, I want to build that hub. And so um, that comes from big donors and ambitious people and uh, federal grants and ambitious campus leaders and continued excellence on our behalf. So um, that's the thing I want to speak into existence is this epicenter for esports that UCI is totally well positioned uh, to capitalize on. And I would say to get from where we are to that future dream is easier than to get from where we started, which was with nothing to where we are now. So I think I think it's very attainable and we will speak and work it into existence. Let alone that it's esports, but also you seem to bridge the gap with other, like you say, other companies and professions and, and be able to bridge people to their career dreams, you know, get there a lot quicker mm-hmm, by mm-hmm. Uh, elaborating on their esports experience. And I just think that's amazing because, you know, UCI is a very academic rich university. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're not really known for like a big football program here, but it's so cool that you're a part of this from the ground floor up and creating this esports program. So I wish you nothing but the best. You have anything else to add, Mr. Matt? I got nothing. This was awesome. It was great to meet you. And uh, I know you're very busy. You're building something big. So we got to give you time to go and build some more, you know? Cool. Well, happy to come back and report anytime on the latest and greatest. Oh, absolutely. You'll always be welcome here. And cool. we would definitely love to, you know, touch base with you from time to time. And, you know, and we'll, we're going to follow you this season okay. for certain. Cool. You know, we'll follow along for certain. So please but, do. But thank you for joining us on Sports Matters. This is Mr. Mark Deppy, the director of eSports here at UCI. Cool. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Beautiful. Easy breezy. I know. Yeah, you know, give you a little 